Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the host never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Lance and Holly, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Lance and Holly. And we are on location. Welcome back. That's why it sounds different. There's going to be a slightly, well, we'll see how it comes out in editing. So um, we are in California, not in uh, Seattle. So um, it looks different. It feels different. I don't know if we sound different, but I am a little unprepared, though, because I only brought one microphone. I thought I brought more. Yeah. Did you not bring my headset at all? No, that that's why this I thought I did. But it's when you're. It is what it is. So it, this uh, I'm going to be acting kind of like um, uh, Bill Hader uh, did a skit on Saturday Night Live where he was old and had the, the big microphone with the, the foamy um, uh, stuff going. And he would then he would give the mic to someone else and then thump it in their face. I feel like I'm that guy. So if you hear a thump and then Holly's swearing at me, it's because I pulled a Bill Hader. OK, I'm ready. Let's go. So how was your holiday? This is post-Christmas that we're recording. Yeah, it was quiet, which was nice. And we kind of had it spread over a few few days. This is our first year we've had to share any of our kids with anyone else. So it was a learning curve, but good. I liked it. Yeah, when uh, when kids get older, then suddenly you're, you're not, you'll have to learn to share uh, like a kindergartner. Yeah, but I think we did a good job. I think so. His family, Christmas is way bigger than our family. We like Thanksgiving more than we like Christmas. And so it kind of works out really, really well. His is a little bit more religious and more. I think it worked out really well. What do you think? Yeah, it it was, um, well, I didn't have any real expectations. So it was perfect. So it uh, worked out just fine. Okay, well, next on to, that was holiday. Now we're in California for New Year's and um, at the house down there and, I love it. We get way more rest than we're used to, so we our sleep schedules are completely off. Yeah, it's a it's a total mess uh, coming down here. So this we are recording from the place that we've talked about so much over the last several episodes, and um, so here we are since August. <laughs> well, we we talked about well, we had a gap since August, yeah. but we talked about it in, since April, yeah. and you know, being you being gone and and fixing it all up so it's up and running now and we've got it rented for most of the spring so it'll be nice to do some other things and we've we've actually had some friends kick the tires and stay there um and uh give us some feedback on on what to do well unexpectedly um the bed was too tall yeah which is weird because for you and i who are so tall we were like it's not that big a deal just hop up there well i i did notice that I had to hop even even at my height I still had to hop to get in bed yeah so we decided yesterday we spent the day uh switching out the box springs so the old people that come to stay here can actually get into the bed yeah the the place needed to have the perspective of someone old with the new hip um or need the new hip and um the, the the height of the bed would absolutely not have worked um that way so we've got that fixed 
Well, one of the beds, the other bed, they're just going to have to choose to not go to the other room. Well, I feel like when they come, they only use one room anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Well, it depends on. That's true, but everybody we're coming, that's coming are couples, so. Right. So they, they'll have to make do with the really tall, poofy beds that you sink in when you finally get on top. That's all you need. You just need to get in the bed and just go night night. That's it. Yeah. So, all right. So this episode, we are actually going to go back to the similar format before and answer some questions that people had or um, also uh, things that we find on social groups or Reddit. Reddit. I found the button. I remembered which button too, because it's, it's labeled wrong. So, um, so I thought I'd start off with this one since it was appropriate with the, uh, with what's going on this week. So this person in the subreddit dentistry <laughs> said closing the week of the holidays, uh, anyone else doing this or consider it and being reminded right now of how bad these weeks are multiple patients every day in pain that haven't been in for years saying, what do you mean? You can't do this root canal extraction today. Uh, you're going to leave me like this for Christmas. Week of Thanksgiving was the same deal. Seriously considering just closing the whole week next year. Thoughts? Well, we quit opening the week between Christmas and New Year's probably eight or ten years ago because every idiot on the planet, you know, your failure to plan does not constitute an emergency on my part. So there's an endodontist, there's an oral surgeon. If it's an emergency, go see them. Remember COVID? They told us what an emergency was and none of it had to do with the dentist. Yeah, yeah. We COVID was a nice little uh, fire extinguisher for the people that thought that dentistry was emergent. We found out we're, we're not necessary. We're not important. We, we can be closed. So um, yeah, we, we toyed with the idea the guy that I bought the practice from was always open during that week because there was so much to do and make use of their insurance and all these different things. I just hated that week. I hated the people that came in. I hated the services that I was doing. I just dreaded it. So the, the holiday season was supposed to be full of love and, and happiness and all this. I was usually just pissed off and Resentment and irritation and arguing. And I mean, and people are stupid. They don't understand that insurance is not insurance. It's a rebate program and it's a rebate based on their terms, not uh, on insurance terms, not on the patient's terms. I had a patient who was like, yeah, I have $3,000 to use by the end of the year. I'm like, well, you have six days and we're closed all of them. So um, your failure to plan is not an emergency. So you should have thought about this back in August when doctor told you X, Y, and Z needed to be done. And I know you were worried that, you know, what if something else goes wrong? Well, if you're in the habit of putting out fires on yourself, you're always going to have a fire. So fucking get it together and plan your shit better. Well, my, and my very first negative one-star Yelp review came from trying to help someone in December. It was a patient who was just a total, she was worthless in that she only did the putting out fires. And she came to me, uh, it was December 
And she said that I had, you know, I haven't used my insurance at all, but I have zero dollars out of to, to pay. So I just want to use the, the two thousand dollars I have, but I can't pay anything out of pocket. Well, she had a lot of decay and a lot of problems, but nothing that the insurance would cover one hundred percent. So I told her, I said, you've got nothing that insurance will cover hundred percent. You're going to, no matter what we do is going to be something out of pocket, maybe a hundred dollars, maybe, you know, whatever, but there's going to be something. And she refused. Well, and then, so then she went to some other dentist and then they of course found work to do. So her review is that I told her that nothing was wrong. And then this other guy found all this decay. I'm like, no, nothing was wrong that we fixed for free. Everything had something. And just so you know, if you're one of those doctors that will take the $2,000 and not collect the patient portion, you're committing insurance fraud. And if you are ever caught by another dentist or by a patient that gets mad at you, you are in really, really, really big trouble. You will be audited. You will be sued. You will be taken to the cleaners. So stop doing shit like that. If they have a patient portion and you're working with insurance, guess what? It is your obligation to collect that amount of money. Well, then the biggest issue is you're a fucking piece of shit and you're a blight on the profession. You're a fucking, I don't want to call you a colleague because you're a cocker. So collect the money that's supposed to be. There's strategies out there. The dentists toy with, a, well, you do it this way. And then after this point, then you can write it off. All these strategies to do nothing out of pocket. Fuck you. So be charge what you're worth, be worth what you charge or get the fuck out of the profession. We don't need you. Get out. That's, that's the problem is people are too obsessed with picking up the pennies and they're ignoring the bigger picture and you got to get out of that mindset. Well, and Clint is uh, looking at um, marketing. And so he, he, there's this at place, this group that, that does direct mail pieces that I'm not going to give them a plug because I'm going to shit all over them right here. Uh, they've changed over the years. When I first used them, because Clint got the name from me, but when I used them, I, you could kind of customize it to the way I wanted it to say. Well, this, this group now is adamant. They have to advertise $0 out of pocket for your cleaning, um, that you have to... Uh, even if it's insurance, you don't tell them that. And, and they told Clint, if they have insurance, they still said, don't, don't even uh, in, bill it. Uh, don't collect anything uh, over the phone before you get there. Name, information, anything. Be open evenings and weekends. All this bullshit that is, is shit for the, the industry. Um, however, all of their clients and the types of dentists and the, and the people that they serve, uh, they're not competing with me because I'm in a totally different level. Well, and the funny thing with that is they, they're basically, it's funny, funny for me, but you know, all these hygienists think they're all high and mighty and all this, I have value and I have this and I have that. And this company is basically saying there is absolutely no value to hygiene. So don't even collect for it. So that's a rude awakening for all you bitches out there that are asking for a hundred, hundred and twenty five dollars an hour. Um, you can all just go suck it because even the cheapest and the slothiest of companies have no value for you. Yeah. Their, their advice to Clint was, um, double book, you know, pay overpay for the hygienist and then double book and, and crank these people through. And Clint's like, wait, so I'm going to, I'm already getting nothing from, from this. I'm double doubling the nothing and I have to pay stupid high wages for none of it makes any sense. Uh, 
economically. And, and their point is, well, they're going to um, have so much work to do that you'll you'll make up for it in actual work. And, and Clint's like, here's people that that don't value it at all. They're coming because it's costing them nothing out of pocket, and they're they're they don't they're not going to pay anything. But you're also advertising. There is no value to this. So why even bother? I mean, literally, that's what they're saying is this is free. This has no value. Anything that you're doing for free, you're basically saying there is no value to this. So why do it at all? That's the asinine part of that. I don't understand why any doctor is giving away their shit. Yeah, I don't have a problem with direct mail, getting the word out, branding, letting people know you're in the neighborhood kind of a thing. So if they would allow Clint to, to edit the um, the ad so it doesn't say free cleanings or evenings and weekends or whatever, uh, I was using them at one point and they, they came to me and they were trying to say how, uh, are you ready for, you know, they, cause they had access to our data and they could mine it and see what, what, how active we were. And they're like, you had a really big June. Are you ready in December? Or you're going to have to hire another hygienist. And I'm like, I don't need another hygienist. In fact, I'm cutting her hours. There's, there's so little value to hygiene. He goes, well, but you did so much in June and that's all from our marketing. And I'm like, no, that's all from my radio ad. And I did big cases and those people are done and very little, it's easy to do hygiene on the seven people we saw. And he, he just could not understand. And then he was showing me some other office nearby that, that uses them that was triple booking hygiene. And they had three columns of hygiene going and just this big mill. And, I, and I'm like, and he goes, yeah, we're, they're, they're paying a, a premium. They're paying $100 an hour for the hygienist. And I said, I will never, I, I said that to him. People think, no, you, you didn't really say this. I will never fucking pay a hygienist $100 an hour. I will do my own hygiene first before that. Or I'll, for $100, I'm going to hire another dentist. And then he can do the, the dentistry too. So I, that, that's just stupid. And if, if you're... The problem is, is a volume game. If you're going to play that game, that means you have to have twice as many staff. It's hard enough to find staff for even a boutique office like ours. So now I'm supposed to try to double it. I, I don't even know where you're going to find the people. And so you're, you have no capacity. It's just, it's just asinine. Well, and there's, I mean, luckily we've had our staff for quite a few years. And, but even at that, it's, they're just everybody's giving shit away and you you're devaluing it and people and when I have patients come in and they're like severe perio they're like oh they just had me come twice a year do you understand what perio is because if you're having them come twice a year and you're not telling them to come three times a year you need to have your license taken away you're a fucking idiot I, I do know a lot of colleagues and they'll go kind of chuckle. Ha ha. Yeah, I guess we don't really make a hygiene a, a, an emphasis. And I have a lot of a perio patients that probably should be perio, but we just do profies. Ha, ha. I'm like, you suck. You're a piece of shit. I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Well, and that's your whole job is whole mouth care, not just what you can put a filling in or a crown. That's the thing that I don't understand. And then I have to go back and say, well, I'm sorry that your other dentist didn't value your oral health. And believe me, I will say that when I get him into, I'm not like you, doc. I'm going to tell them your doctor did not care about you. That is how come they had you coming twice a year. They didn't care if you lost your teeth. They didn't care. They were worried about that crown and root canal that they were hoping to do. I had a patient in there. She's like, I can't believe my mouth is so bad. And we're showing her pictures of her mouth and 
she's like, why didn't the other doctor tell me? He said, I didn't have anything to do. I said, it's because he's waiting for everything to bomb out. So he can do that root canal and crown because it's a lot more expensive than the $200 filling. So if you think you're skirting under the radar and no one's going to talk shit about you, the front desk is going to talk shit about you. Doctor may not talk shit about you, but I'm going to tell them your doctor did not care enough or your doctor should not be a dentist. Well, or they're just lazy. One of the excuses is they're like, well, they don't understand because they'll use that. I, I, I ban this term from my office. Do not say deep cleaning. It is not a deep cleaning. It's not brown bear car wash. And I'm going to do the, the bare minimum or the very best. It's it's. The bacterial infection, we're doing therapy, it's open-ended, we don't know what it's going to take to get you healthy, and then you got to keep up on it. And a lot of people say, well, they don't understand, you're the doctor, they don't understand, so you have to talk to their level. If COVID taught us anything, it's that everybody can be become a microbiologist. Suddenly, everybody understands what a spike protein is. Everybody understands microorganisms. They're smart enough to understand when you just say, you have an infection. So they, they survived a pandemic. They understand pandemic uh, bacteria and virology and all the other shit. So quit saying deep cleaning, treat it the way it is, treat it correctly and, and see them as, as often they're, as they're supposed to be like the period maintenance and another pet peeve. You should be coming four times a year, every three months, not four times a year or three times a year, every four months, because that's what the insurance wants to pay. It's, it's three times. It's every three months. No, no, no around it. So Well, that brings up the other point of, you know, as a dentist, most likely you are their first line of defense in their care. Most people that we talk to haven't been in for a physical in 10 years, haven't been to their doctors and had been seen for other things. Twice this last month, we had people that came to have surgery and we canceled their surgeries because their blood pressure was so fucking high that... And the one guy, it was astounding to me. He's like, oh yeah, my other dentists have told me that, you know, my blood pressure is a little bit high. I'm like, no, your blood pressure is so high that we can't do your surgery until you get your shit under control. Twice that happened this month. Well, and that, that guy, that was what boggled my mind. I was losing my shit up the front desk and everybody was just watching me melt down because I, I had everything ready. We were going to do, it was a full day schedule for this guy to do his treatment and we were taking his blood pressure and, and we had told him, we, you know, we had taken it before and um, so I'm hooking them up and I'm seeing all the, the, these numbers. I'm like, no, we need to, we can't do this. And he goes, well, you know, what if we just do it anyway? I'm like, no, this, this is a risk. You might stroke out and you might die here in the chair today. So, well, and my response to him is, I don't care if you have a stroke, it's just not going to be in my chair. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to stroke, do it someplace else. Don't do it here. And he kind of chuckled, but not really. And, and I, but I was, I was telling him you could die. This, this is life or death. This isn't just inconvenience. And the problem with high blood pressure is it's asymptomatic. People don't feel high blood pressure. And so he didn't feel bad. And so he's like, everybody's nagging me about this. And so, and then I said, go do, if, if we're not going to call the ambulance, then you need to go to the ER right now. Don't, I, I told him specifically, do not call your primary care physician, go to the ER, go to urgent care, go someplace right now. And then we called a little later to find out how he was. And he's like, well, I call my, my primary care physician. It's going to be in, in two weeks. I have an appointment. I'm like, I specifically said not to do that. And he was like, well, so, but now he finally got seen. And he's now on all kinds of medication because they're trying to figure out how to control it because it is so high. The same thing happened with the the female patient of ours. I mean, 
people, it is your job to let them know the severity of their health. Right. So when you start saying, well, I'm just going to do a profi instead of perio, you're on that same spectrum of idiots. So treat the disease, treat it right, talk to them about it, educate them. Uh, If anything, we're we're pretty good on educating. I've been making videos and stuff to make people understand better uh, their situation. No, they're not a doctor. They don't know as understand it as well as me, but they're smart enough. I mean, talk to any diabetic about their condition and they'll tell you all about their A1C and everything. They're going to know it way better than you. Well, and they also, when they do know how severe it is, that's when they go get help. You're not going to say to somebody, oh, there's a little lump there, huh, and then move along, and it could potentially be cancer. You, you don't do that. You say, this looks suspicious, you need to go. Heart disease is exactly the same thing, and guess what? Perio disease is a direct link. So, get your shit together, it's the new year, and make a commitment to actually do your fucking job. That's all. Yeah. We do have a causation versus correlation issue with that, but I think we've I think we've said enough. So yeah, be closed during Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the thing. How did we get there? That one. <laughs> well, that's I mean, truthfully, I would say five out of fifteen patients no show when during the that week. And, you know, if you're running double I mean, you're just spending so much fucking money for nothing. And guess what? Your staff could be home with their family. Yeah. Even the staff that, that really could use the hours and need the extra money for Christmas. Honestly, they're going to resent you for being open. They, they, they don't want to be there either. And they're, they're missing out on family activities and the kids and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Cause it's all the fun that you get at one time a year. That's it. And I, you know, if they want to temp, let them temp, but it's not, it's not worth it because everybody's eyes are rolling. Everybody's sitting around. The front desk is panicking because everybody's there and all the patients are no showing. It's not worth it. It's not worth the stress. And if you've ever done it, you know that insurance plays hardball the last week of the year. They're going to find any way to deny these claims because they know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, maybe a little bit less clinical of, of a question. Um, Matthew in Canada had uh, messaged and he was saying, um, here's an idea that might be interesting to, to talk about is parasocial relationships, especially with dental podcasters. He said that he's actually met like Russell Schaefer and Wally Rennie and would consider them friends to some degree. Still haven't met me yet. And he said, honestly, would love to, to meet me someday and, and see how I work for a day and, and such. So what's interesting is I've, we've talked or, or messaged via social media several times over the years, but yeah, we've, we never met and he goes, but for other people, it's, it's this thing where you feel like, you know, someone because you've had them in your ear for so long, but you don't know them. You only know what they've put out there authentic or not. What are your thoughts on people that are Okay, it really freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time somebody came up and talked and and met you. Yeah, it's I I don't like it, and I know that that's a personal thing. And if I'm going to put myself out here, I don't really have an opinion as to whether I like it or not because I've already put myself out there. As I say, yeah, you're you're doing that. If you don't like it, then probably shouldn't be doing this. Right, it really freaks me out. I don't. I I have a very tight circle in general of people that. I'm friends with. And so when people come up and they act like they know me, 
Because honestly, they do. They do know me. I just don't know them. That That's where the hang-up comes from, and it's it's a little bit weird and uncomfortable. That being said, you know, I've become very good friends with a lot of those people, but it... But you hate them. It, no. Why... It, you just said you hate that. No, I, I don't like that situation. I don't like people coming up to me like they know me. And I feel completely blindsided. Like there's a part of my memory that's missing because I don't know who this person is. I have no connection to them whatsoever. Right, that, so it's an odd feeling. But then once you get a chance to get to know them, you you like them. Some people I do. Yeah. Other people. I'm We're not going to tell you who is the good ones and who's not. I'm like, these people are fucking weird. But again, I'm in a dental situation where I don't particularly like dentists. Lab techs, sign me the fuck up. I like all of them. But dentists, I generally don't like because most of them are dick measures and I don't like that. Yeah, there's a certain circle. I I try to to walk in circles of less dick measuring. But but when you're on a forum like this, it doesn't matter. You have everybody who you are in contact with that is following the podcast. And even there, you have friends that are dick measures. And right, I said I try. I didn't say I'm successful. <laughs> but I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's a weird position for me to be in. So for me, I, I do, it's weird to talk to people first. The first time we meet, you know, they're, they're asking about the kids. They're specifically saying, how's Brianna's new job or, or things like that where, the only way they would know is if they knew us. Well, they do know because I've talked about it and she was a guest on the show once or twice. I mean, it's, you know, the information was, was out there, but it's just, it's no, really no different than just Facebook. Yeah. Although if people hadn't noticed, I pulled back a couple of, was a couple of years ago. I stopped really posting anything personal, not, wasn't posting travel, anything. I wasn't really posting much of anything. It's just, I post silly memes. It's kind of my focus, but it just felt like people knew too much and, um, and it was my fault for sharing it. So I don't share the same way. Um, podcasts, I share more on the podcast than, than social media, but the same result. I do like meeting the people that listen though. Um, cause yeah, they do know me. I mean, look at the Staffords. They, I'm only know them because of the podcast. Well, right. And that's what I mean is I like some people, I also, but they also didn't act like, oh my God, we're best friends all of a sudden. No, not at all. They were. That's that's what I, that's where I have an issue with is when I'm being held to a certain friendship level and I've never met you before. The staffers were very respectful where they, it kind of happened organically to be friends with them and and you came on after I'd already established somewhat of a friendship. So, right. And, but I mean, other people, it's, you know, it, it's a weird situation to be in. And, you know, I look at a lot of the other people on Instagram and I'm like, it, it, I don't particularly think that I want that in my life. I, I don't like expect having to live up to somebody else's expectation either. Well, they, they always say never meet your heroes kind of a thing. So I would hate to have people expect me to be a certain way and then meet me and be disappointed because I am prone to disappoint. And so um, I'm happy to those that have no expectations and have me meet that goal, then that, that that's cool. But I know that um, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a tight rope of um, 
I mean, I guess it would, as long as we're authentic, I like to think that I'm who I am on the podcast and off. Um, I think others may project different, um, images or uh, backstory than, than reality. Um, so I'm, and I'm not pointing any fingers anywhere, but I think that could be, um, taken. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're pretty authentic. We're pretty much who we are. And I think that's why people think are at, at, there's a friendship there. Um, just, I guess, be mindful that it's right now it's a one way friendship. So it's basically like starting over. Yeah. If, if you come up and we've never met like Matthew, when we meet, you know, a lot more about me than I know about you. Um, which is fine. Uh, we just haven't had a chance to, to talk. And, but I do think it's just a single conversation before we're kind of up to speed and uh, I'll know more going on. Um, having said that, I mean, the only way to ever meet is to have meetings. Like we used to have the thing called voices of dentistry. Uh, it sounds like that's a, a, a dead donkey at this oh, point. I wondered about that. I hadn't heard anything about it. So the, it was on life support last time. I don't think we went to the very last one. And I think that was the one where it's kind of the nail in the coffin. I guess they, they just lost money over the whole thing. Like, oh. like a lot. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. So the, the downside is meetings, are, you know, people bitch about the cost of a meeting. They're not cheap to, to put on. Uh, and, and even though the, the people put it, that were speaking, uh, donated their time, um, you know, I think they were compensated with a hotel room or something like that. But the meetings themselves, they just cost a lot of money to put on. I mean, unless you've ever put one on like the catering, you have to cater. There's all that catered food. And if you take off to go to a restaurant for lunch, there's all this wasted catered food that they spent stupid amounts of money per person. So, you know, appreciate the really good meetings. Like I've never gone to Hinman, but I hear nothing but awesome things about it. Uh, I've been to... Chicago midwinter and, and other just the AACD meetings and, and such and, and big meetings. I can't imagine the amount of money those things cost and, and how much COVID killed them. I mean, yeah, that that's a whole other rabbit hole to go down. But I, you know, I think that like, I think I thought Alan did a great job putting voices in industry together. Oh yeah. I thought it was, they've always been good. I've been to several. Yeah. And I just good for him to finally recognize that, you know, I, it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, but it was a great way to get to know, uh, the people that were doing the podcasts. Uh, it was, it was interesting to see the, the very first one, there really weren't that many podcasts out there. And then by the time towards the end, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Well, I, I felt like the last time we were there, everybody was, a po- everybody that was there was a podcaster. Yeah. And there was no audience. It was all podcasters. Yeah. That I was like, okay, well this is kind of defeating the whole purpose of everybody plugging their own show. And you know, there's really the fan base has become the podcasters. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, there were a couple that started their podcast after the very first voices of dentistry, they got inspired and started their own. And, and I think there was a lot of inspiration, um, to get people to, to start, start podcasting, but But anyways, circling back to the whole point of the um, question is, do you want to meet your heroes? (laughs) Bottom line. Yeah. Be careful what you ask for. You might uh, get used to disappointment. If we learned anything, the the quote from Princess Bride, get used to disappointment. My life in a nutshell. Just. Uh, No comment. (laughs) What do you think of this? So, um. This one was actually in the subreddit, legal advice. Uh, 
A dental office responded to my Google review with all of my information. I went to the dentist a few months ago and had a bad time. So I decided to leave a negative review on Google reviews. My Google name is just my screen name. I don't use my legal name. The receptionist figured out it was me and responded to it using my legal first name and then started to go on uh, going about my insurance information all over public Google review. What are my rights in this type of situation? Isn't this a big HIPAA violation? If so, where can I report them? You want to take that one? What did she say? Did she say Ariana? And it, it sounds like she used her her real name and not the screen name. Well, was it just her first name? And was it? Did they give her insurance ID number? And or did she just say Delta Dental Insurance doesn't pay for shit and they are garbage and everybody? Should be my, using them? my guess is it was. It looks like it was just her first name. Um, and then talked about insurance probably not her group number or anything. Cause I mean, truthfully, if it, I mean, she didn't publish her first name, that would be the only thing, but they probably have a thousand Sandys or Cindy's or Carrie's in their practice that they could be talking about. So legally there's really no standing. The only one that would be able to point out exactly that it was her would be her. If, yeah, you know, Unless they actually gave her last name, date of birth, you know, true telling information of the of her individuality other than, you know, I'm sorry that your insurance is a piece of shit, which is 999% of insurances. So that isn't a surprise to anyone. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a... I'm not a lawyer, so this isn't legal advice. So just take this as my opinion. But the trend with uh, people um, having bad reviews, the, the prevailing wisdom is to ignore them, that it's a HIPAA violation to even respond. I disagree. This person started it. They, they've volunteered info. I probably wouldn't have used their first name, but everything else I probably would have said. I, I think it, and it also depends on, on the, the review. If it's a single sentence review, like this place sucks, I hate them. That actually has more negativity and power than the one where it's a really, really long story of how often, because they sound crazy. And most, most readers go, Oh, this person's a nut bar. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. I mean, it's one thing to say, I'm sorry, you didn't have a good experience. We'd love the opportunity to make it right. That's an acceptable response, but going into somebody's details, who are you doing that for? If you don't, you also don't want the public to think that you're just as crazy as she is. When it comes across defensive and, and most of the time, anything more than I'm really sorry you had a bad experience. We'd love to as a second chance or something like that. Anything more than that, you're going to come across defensive. So you really shouldn't say much more, but I do think a, a response is, is good because the public seeing the negative review, if they at least see a response, that means that you care enough to, to, to monitor and, and, and respond ignoring it, I think has a, does, it doesn't look good either, but I, I know there are people out there, consultants out there telling people to not respond at all. You know what? It's never been proven in court and I don't really want to test it that it is or isn't okay. It's just a whole bunch of people that are getting lawyers involved and then they all settle and pay a fee, but doesn't make it right or wrong. It just means they've settled. So Again, not a lawyer. I don't know any legal shit. Yeah. So I'd be curious to get your response. 
in the subreddit dentistry. How do you deal with hand tremors after a cup of coffee? Occasionally, I'll have a coffee at lunchtime if I feel like my focus and energy is waning. Recently, I had a bit of an embarrassing moment where my first patient after lunch noticed my hand tremoring whilst giving local anesthetic as if I was a back in D2 giving my first block to my classmate. It didn't affect my actual quality of work, no pain during injection, no cut lips, tongues, or no iatrogenic damage to adjacent teeth for the cavity preps, etc. Some days I feel like I can't function without coffee, so I feel like cutting out caffeine would actually be worse for patient outcomes. What do you think about hand tremors? You know, it really depends on the severity of them and what the true reason is behind them. I mean... Because if you are low blood sugar, you can have tremors. If you have low caffeine, I mean, what I might do in that situation where, you know, you are noticing it as a provider is to step back and say, you know what, I'm going to go and get something to eat really quick because my blood sugar is low and I apologize. I mean, I would rather have somebody address it than pretend that it wasn't there and then have me feel like my doctor is something's wrong. Well, because the reason I say is, you know, that I started getting into sleep apnea treatment because it didn't require the fine motor skills. Mine, mine, I, I thought originally, because it's, it's been going on for decades with me. I, I thought I was doing uh, the diet stuff and um, I, way back in 2002, even Lori had, had mentioned, you know, hey, what's up with your hands? And I was like, you know, I think it's the, the Fedra. Um, but then there are times where even if I'm not taking supplements, I'll notice tremors and, and weird, weird stuff. Um, but it's, it's one of those things, as soon as the burr touches the, the, the tooth, that's kind of like stabilizes things. So, um, and, and the tremors aren't so involuntary that, that, uh, you, you can't, I, I think they, in a follow up, the person even said they used the second fingers, their other hand to kind of hold the syringe. So one nice thing about the, the wand that I use it, it, the ergonomics overcome, um, the, any types of shakes. Um, so if you do have a shake, like I sometimes do, uh, having the wand over, I can't even it's the syringe itself, given anesthetic with syringes, I, I hate because it'll exaggerate the, the, the tremors. Whereas with the, uh, the pen type grip that you use with the wand, um, quite often I'll be able to use my left hand to even stabilize that. So when I go, I, I usually start off with a gal gates. I don't use that as a backup. Oh, I miss my, my IA. We'll see what the, see what you think of this one. Subreddit dentistry. What's the scam? I recently interviewed, so this is a dentist that interviewed. I recently interviewed for the strangest associate job at a private practice. Picture this, neon pink and electric blue walls with Marvel and sports stickers all over them. The waiting room filled with a prize wall to rival Chuck E. Cheese. When I asked if they treat a lot of kids, they state, no. <laughs> it's, a totally, it's totally a dental mill. New patient comp exams in two minutes. The dentist didn't even speak to the patient. In some cases, she was seeing like four patients at once. So obviously the volume is crazy, but they accept every insurance, including Medicaid, and their cash prices are advertised lower than dental school. $2,000 for implant placement and, restora and restoration, $300 crowns. It was bizarre. When talking about the position, it was red flags everywhere, and the hiring manager gave me icky vibes. Then said, if I assist there while waiting for my license, I will be a new grad, 
they will convert however many hours I assist into a signing bonus as well. They promised $300,000 salary, ROFL, for 40 hours, but said they never do contracts because they don't mean anything anyways, LOL. Obviously, this is a scam, but I just don't understand what the scam is. Uh, ETA, they also invited me to shadow, but when I came, they literally had me, um, but they literally had me assisting on operative. Is it just a scam for free assistance? Is that even legal? What if I got a needle stick or something? Bonus question. Finally, they told me all about the orthodontist they hired, but didn't have enough ortho work for work for. So he does restorative work for them too. Why would an orthodontist subject himself to this? Confirm this is real. My friend shadowed there on a day he was working and they had him assisting another general dentist. Well, that just sounds so bizarre. The whole thing is crazy. So so red flags everywhere. Yeah. I mean, how many red flags do you need to have a flag down? I mean, walk away, let them be in their crazy. There's enough places to get hired. So that just, I mean, first of all, Marvel... What? I know. Mar- what well, was it? Marvel and uh, something else. There was neon pink electric blue walls with Marvel and sports stickers all over them. So I, th- that's just so much to unpack that my sensory would have been like, I got to go. I don't. This- yeah. And I would have done what they did. They assumed it was a whole bunch of pedo. And they said, no. Well, if it's no, then what the fuck are you doing? I mean, it's like, so the doctor's a big fan. So if the doctor was a big Hello Kitty fan, would they just play, look like Hello Kitty? I, how many staff did they actually have? It sounded like they had like 500 people working there. And it sounds like, yeah, you're going to work 40 hours, but you're going to see 160 people. A- well, in my experience is the ones that promise these really, really high salaries, usually it's, well, there's incentives in, that involved that have to get there and their fees are so low, it's physically impossible to ever, ever get it. Yeah. But I mean, the contract thing, yeah, it, a lot of them you can't lock in because in order to lock it in, it's going to cost you a lot more money. But yeah. I just, that just sounds crazy. The whole thing sounds insane. I would be like, nope, I'm good. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm sure the ones that are really, really busy that I've seen are the ones that these patients don't have any other alternatives. No one's as cheap as them. They're taking all of the insurances. So you, yes, you can come there. Um, But the price, I mean, the, the doctor was seeing four patients at once. Okay, so if you see them four at once, that means you have to have a staff of at least two assistants, one for each chair, but odds are they're going to have two extra assistants and then someone to turn over rooms. Well, they probably have a bunch of EFTAs that are filling the fillings and, you know, finishing off the crowns. Or or the orthodontist that they have on staff that has nobody to straighten. If he's an orthodontist, he can't go back and do dentistry. My understanding is, and someone needs to correct me, please write in. My understanding is when you specialized, you pretty much said you won't do general dentistry. You're, you're focused on doing just that. However, there was a periodontist downtown Seattle that was also doing the restorative work. He was, people would find their way to him. If they didn't have a, a dentist and they came for an implant, he would also do the crown. Um, so that seems like a violation right there too. Of course he did have to then go and, uh, he went to Louisiana for three months for a rehab. He was in big into fentanyl oh, before it was trendy. The drug addict guy. Yeah. Okay. That was bad. So you already had some character flaws. Yeah. But I'm just like your orthodontist, that's their a hundred percent field of focus is orthodontia, not 
dentistry. That's why you go into orthodontia because that's all you're going to do. Well, my assumption is he must be a bad orthodontist then if he's willing to put up with this, um, to, to not be busy enough. I mean, you never bring on a specialist if you don't have patients for them. You don't have an endodontist come to the office. I know offices that they don't refer anything. They just hire people to come in. So nothing refers out. They all stay in house. So one day a week, the endodontist is in town one day a week, the oral surgeon or periodontist or, or whatever. Um, so that's not all bad. Uh, I've toyed with the idea of being that guy that would go to other offices on my days off and doing just the implants or whatever. But if you can't keep an orthodontist busy, well, I guess they're not seeing kids. So that right there, why would you have an orthodontist on staff? Cause ortho is primarily going to be kids, yeah. teens and such. Um, adult ortho is booming, but yeah, you wouldn't, I don't know. It seems crazy to have an orthodontist on staff if you can't keep them busy. Yeah. That doesn't even make any sense unless he's just so fucking cheap that just to have another licensed professional there is good enough for them. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't, I don't think it's a scam. I just think it's a red flag and get the fuck away. Run, run fast. Unless you're desperate for work and there is a reason nobody else will hire you, which, you know, there are some out there that are not great clinically. And so they have to collect the red flags and take them. Um, but I would definitely be looking at your own skill set then and not so much this office. I don't know. I think we should probably wrap it up right there. Um, what do you think? All right. Happy new year. So happy new year and, uh, keep the questions and comments coming. Uh, we'll try to address them uh, as they come. And, um, on that note, we'll just run off with a song. Uh, I heard this, we, we saw a movie, uh, Christmas day. Um, anyone but you, anything, anyone but you, it was good. Little rom-com, cool little show. And, and I always, when they play soundtracks, I always then Shazam them to find out who's that singing. So this was on the very end credits of the movie was this song by hungry kids from Hungary. And, uh, <laughs> um, they finished the show off in Australia. So it was an Australian band. And so I guess this band is already broken up. So I always seem to find bands that I can't go watch them on tour cause they don't tour. They're, they're done. So, but the hungry kids from Hungary, uh, the vacationer. So, I'm Lance Timmerman for Holly Timmerman. Peace. Love you. I took the long way back on my feet across town with crooked legs and staggered feet. Change its shape. Ooh.